memory is the most malicious cutter of all. Preserving, recasting, panning in slow motion across the awful bits so that we retain every detail. Ladies, gentlemen and variations thereupon, this is modern escapism. Hello and welcome to the show. My name is Kenneth and I've been recast as the host Oodles. Joining me today is Joanna and she will be recast as the love interest and token female candy machine. <laughs> Brilliant. Hello. <laughs> Andrew will be recast as the boomer and he relates to the older generation, Biggie. <laughs> Thank you. Stuart will be recast as the tough exterior but tender and emotionally charged Stig. Hello. And finally, Michael will be recast as the Geordie, just about to explode in a rage gadget. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hello. Before we get into the show, please consider becoming one of our delicious patrons. Details are in the show notes, and check out our website, modernescapism.co.uk, for more exquisite content. Let's get on with the Nexus. God, second. I need to breathe. <laughs> <laughs> Biggie. You had no idea where you were going to go there. Well, have you been up to today? I, I didn't. This, that's the first time. First time. First time. Biggie. <laughs> okay, you're coming to me then, yeah? Hello. Yeah. Um, so, a <laughs> couple of things I want to just quickly talk about. Um, watched the series Anatomy of a Scandal, currently shown on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, it stars Sienna Miller. Michelle Dockery, Naomi Scott, and Rupert Friend, amongst others. And it was based on a novel by Sarah Vaughan. It's basically oh. an affair between an MP and his secretary that takes a darker turn when he is accused of rape of the same person. Um, oh. It's kind of a run-of-the-mill drama. Everyone acts really well. I thought uh, Sienna Miller was really good. It's only six episodes long. Um, quite watchable. Um, there's some really nice camera tricks at one point to go from flashback that leads directly into the present day they're kind of really cool um but yeah it's perfectly watchable absolutely nothing wrong yeah. with it i thought it was fine i think i think i saw someone mention that on my uh, facebook so i know a few people are enjoying it yeah what's that <laughs> uh, uh, what's <laughs> facebook gross <laughs> 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 um as stig pointed out the other day i am playing cyberpunk and i'm quite enjoying it Mm-hmm. I'm uh, moving on through the story. Um, absolutely fine. It is what it is. It's still a bit janky in places, but quite enjoying it. Um, so, yeah. The main thing I want to talk about, though, is mm. I've been watching James Bond series on Amazon Prime. Is all all of the Bond. You managed been... to find them all? Yes. Although they are in a bad order, <laughs> might I point out. They are not in any specific <laughs> order, which is just bonkers. <laughs> I just don't understand it. But there you go. Google exists. No, the, but, uh, yeah. I, I agree with him there. I agree with him. If you're gonna if you're gonna put all of of a series, just put it in the order that it was released. Yeah, yeah, it makes yeah. no sense, does it? Like Disney Plus give you the option for the Marvel movies in release order, uh, yeah. chronological order. Amazon just Disney goes Plus is a better have a random in general bond. anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah, very strange. But um, I've been trying to do it from the beginning, so I've started with the uh, Sean Connery one so far. 
Um, and they are showing their age, without a doubt. Um, but what I particularly want to talk about, which I know Eudles has mentioned previously before, but it does... Um, well, the movie's called You Only Live Twice, and I think it needs to be spoken about twice, because, my God, <laughs> this movie, um, for plot reasons, means that it's set in Japan. Um, I hate that this is my favourite one. <laughs> it's just so backward with things like rules. There's a blatant moment when he meets his opposite in Japan for their secret service called Tanaka. Yeah. And uh, as soon as they start talking, he goes, uh, yes, in Japan, men come first and women second. I mean, it's just... <laughs> it's absolutely cringeworthy. Um, in my opinion, the women should always come first. <laughs> exactly. And Blofeld <laughs> is played by Donald Pleasance, but you wouldn't know it for halfway through the movie. No, you wouldn't know it. Show. <laughs> You're not allowed to see him at all until it's... Um, deliciously revealed and it he is just so over the top and ridiculous that Mike Myers performance in um Austin Powers yeah. is actually it's pretty bang on, isn't more it? frightening. <laughs> it's just yeah, it's hilarious. Just I didn't realise it was that bad. And Donald Pleasance is like a, a really good actor as well. So I'm really surprised it's a how he usually I was allowed to go so over the top. But what I really want to talk about is mm-hmm. that Bond has to infiltrate a part of Japan, and to do so, he's given three tasks. He needs to become a ninja, which he manages to pull off in an afternoon. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's really a ninja. to become a ninja these days. You That's know. it. Yeah. Pick up a few shurikens and get a sword. Exactly. Get a certificate at the end. <laughs> and you can do an afternoon course from home these days and do it over Zoom. <laughs> Humble bundle. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Ordained ministers then... of ninjutsu.com. <laughs> and then the... He has to get married to a local Japanese, which actually has no impact on the plot at all. So it's completely wasted 10 minutes. Still shags During this <laughs> wonderful 10 minutes, Bond goes under a, a transformation as he's asked to be so the final part of the task to become Japanese. <laughs> and the only way that he can do it is apparently by having grafted plastic eyelids and a wig. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's just. <laughs> Well, yeah. Not only did my jaw drop open, when he speaks, he does classic Connery, and he speaks, he actually does speak in Japanese when he's asked to in this movie, but with a Scottish accent. <laughs> I love I love Connery's commitment throughout his whole career to just go, I'm playing a Spaniard, yeah, but I've got a Scottish accent. I'm going to play my Russian, yeah, but it's with a Scottish accent. I'm playing someone with Jap- Japan, yeah, but it's with a Scottish accent. Dosh Vedanya. He just didn't give a shit, did he? He's like, I played all these characters from all over the world and was just like, well, I'm Scottish. Didn't even, and the, didn't final, <laughs> the final part of his transformation is that because he's six foot four, three or something. <laughs> the tallest man punches, in Japan. He hunches over just a little bit. Yeah. It's, it's, just, <laughs> it's just brilliant. It's just... And, and no one around looks at him to think that, well, he's clearly Japanese. I don't need to look this at him. This is not even a comedy, <laughs> listeners. If you've never seen this, it's not a comedy. It's incredible. <laughs> and that uh, isn't the worst part, because it clearly is. But actually, after that, you find out that, um, I had this quick discussion with Oodles before this, and he mentions about the fact that it's got everything in the movie. And yes, it has got a secret base, which has been carved out of a volcano. Yeah. Could you imagine... <laughs> How much it's money like would it. actually go into carving out a volcano to turn into your secret base, which does have that top that actually Look, looks like a fake Ernst water, Blofeld is worth slowly $10 goes million. Dollars. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. 
Yeah, yeah, he's stroking his white cat. And um, the bit is that when they discover this volcano, and the bit to get to this is that Bond has to go onto a fishing boat, swim across, <laughs> then they have to scale the volcano, they get to the top of it, have a look over, and he goes, this isn't a volcano, and tells his partner, that girl, who's currently wearing a two-piece, to go off and get help. So she's <laughs> going to go all the way back on her own at night in a two-piece, so go back down this volcano, scale across the countryside, swim the water, to come back with reinforcements. It's just, yeah. Shyanara. It's just... <laughs> yeah, no, this sorry. is this is what it's, the Daniel Craig films were were, were missing. They were not missing in the volcano it. layers. Not no, it's it's just yeah, it has aged a lot. But yeah, I'm going to keep going, playing through him. I'm looking forward to Roger Moore because that's what I grew up with. Oh, There's a bit of just Connery and Roger Moore, so I look fondly yeah. on those. Enjoy the uh, and then, uh, I'm sure slapping off women. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. But yeah, they're on Amazon Prime if you want to go and see how bad some of them are. The Excellent ones, damn. Like, <clears throat> One of the deaths in that is so bad. Is it Yafit Koto's character? Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> that death, the, uh, the way he dies the is just bullet or something, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 pops on the ceiling. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and the other thing I forgot to mention about the uh, Bond movies currently so far is yeah, the fighting is just hilarious. Considering he's trait. Yeah, it's all of that. There's just no. You know, you've got none of this martial arts sort of fluidity that you have in modern day action movies. There's just this really, it's like a pub brawl. You know, people just slapping at each other and trying to throw them over furniture. It's, that's it's where so the funny. Austin Powers judo chop comes from because yeah. that's, how, that's how they finish people off. They just go, judo chop, and they just chop people. <laughs> and the, and yeah. Apparently that's enough. That's it. Yeah, it's very common. It's, it's the sound effect they use as well. It's the same sound effect with everyone yeah. when they get a chop. Yeah. <laughs> got to chop Excellent. in just the right place there, right on the neck. Oh, yeah, just the- <laughs> Be precise. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you, my friend. Um, we're going to move on to Candy. I thought you were going to say me. Well, oh. I wasn't here last weekend, and I'm going to tell you why. Um, actually, that reminds me. Massive thank you for uh, to Debbie, as always, for stepping in. Um, we had to pay him. <laughs> it comes out yeah, your wages. I don't want to know. Out your wages. <laughs> That's what I'm afraid of. I would rather he took my money than anything else. Do we get um, paid for this? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> but what, actually, one of, one of the questions he asked last week was, um, what would your funeral song be? And I would just like to say um, that just in case, I've actually put a playlist on Spotify. I thought of this a couple of years, like a years ago. Um, so if I do accidentally snuff it early, search for a playlist called Songs for When Joe's Gone in a Dead Way. And, is is uh, Coffin Fodder on there? <laughs> 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 Add it. Uh, some Skyrim well, ones. That, that thing's going in the show notes. <laughs> going to have an absolute party when I die. Um, but no, last weekend I had a busy one. On Friday night I went to go see my favourite band, which I've spoken about before, and they're called Ghost. And Ghost are a kind of, um, they're a sort of band that you that doesn't really fit into one genre. Um, the singer dresses up as a satanic pope. and uh, Papa Emeritus. Yes, and his, uh, his band are called Nameless Ghouls. So it was... A really good gig. They're playing bigger arenas this time. Um, so this was at Resorts World in the NEC. So it's proper like there's, a, I think, about 10,000. It holds about 10,000. And it was, as far as I could see, it was sold out. So that was the first really big thing I've done um, in terms of 
sort of socializing really so it's a bit of a bit of a nervous one but it was fine you, you know we got through it got absolutely smashed so that was good difficult to stand up for a while um <laughs> but yeah no it's a really good show and it was nice to get out and see a pro- proper big sort of arena show um the second thing i did in the same place i went to i basically lived at the nec this weekend on sunday i went to insomnia which is a land gaming festival um we didn't go for the nerdy things we didn't go Nerd. lanning I went for the shopping, um, but it was it, it was huge. It was much bigger than I thought. So normally with the NEC shows, you'll get, um, for example, MCM Comic Con and cut it some in half, don't they, stuff. Yeah, they, it's usually one <clears throat> hall, I think, if you're lucky. Yeah. So this was actually three halls. So you had the 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 first hall, which was sort of shopping, and there was a huge board game area. Um, they had the Fallout board game that I was watching them play, and uh, massive cosplay areas and everything. Wait, you were watching people play a board game. Well, I'm a fucking nerd, you. This vision of people <laughs> playing a Fallout board game, but just, just twitching, Quiet. glitching, glitching, also, like yeah. trying to move <laughs> characters. Want to go and knock everything over. <laughs> yeah, that's how you play Fallout, motherfuckers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's, it's interesting to your see. Game. <laughs> but it, yeah, it was fun to see because um, obviously board games cost so much. You're talking like hundred quid for the full setup, so to see everything that. kind of set up the way it should be was cool. And yeah, there's a good cosplay arena and. Um, Esports, which I didn't hang around for for long. How much Monster Energy did you drink? I didn't drink any. I was all jacked up on these donuts that they were selling. Oh my god! Oh, I'm into that. Um, <laughs> so, but it was so I, we basically went in lieu of not being able to go to EGX, um, yeah. and it wasn't anything that you can really compare to EGX. It wasn't. Um, it, it's not a case of you can play. You can queue up and play demos of games or anything. It was more a kind of land party, and there was a little camping area as well. Like people can actually camp, and they had these adorable little. Um, they weren't tents. They were kind of. They looked like giant dog houses, but they were they were cardboard, and it was essentially like yeah, a little house shaped coffin. People start doing them at festivals. I really like so them. I think you, it's cute. You're camping inside the NEC or in the car park? Inside the NEC. So that was so. The first hall was the one I just spoke about. The second hall was literally just people. You could either use the computers that they'd supplied or bring your own computer, and it was just the LAN room. It was probably a thousand computers all next to each other. And then the third hall was um, was the camping area. I went on day three out of four, and it smelled as ripe as you could probably imagine <laughs> a gaming festival would smell on day three. Was um, it mold and Lynx Africa? I wear Lynx Africa. Don't you come at me for that. I'm coming at you for that. <laughs> That's one of my favourite scents. It's no, awful. it didn't even smell of Lynx Africa. It smelled of uh, mouldy shoes and uh, Doritos. Um, but yeah, Tell no, it's, it is. Oh. <laughs> Moldy Doritos, baby. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it was fun. It was probably not as good as EGX, but it got EGX was cancelled, and this is what there was, so it was fine. Um, on the way back, um, I won't talk too long about hockey because I bang on about it, and it's not a sports show. However, my team did get into the playoffs, so it was the last home game. It was the quarterfinals. Um, the first, it's played over two games, so the first game was played away, and we won 6-4, I think it was. Was your team the Mighty Ducks? No. I don't know hockey. Crystal Pitbulls. I do like Crystal Pitbulls. Have you ever seen a dog on ice? It's terrible. Have you? Yes. So, yeah, first game, they won 6-4. Second game, we won. We lost 6-5, but because it's on aggregate, we actually won. 
And the only reason really that I bring up hockey is that we've, I spoke about it before, we've only just come back to having a rink of our own. So mm. to go from having nothing to getting into the quarterfinals, they played the semi semifinals last night and unfortunately lost um, in overtime. Um, we came back from a 3-0 uh, loss, made it to 3-all and then lost in overtime. So that was quite disappointing. But the team have done so well for themselves and they're going up a league next year as well. So it's a testament to how good they are, I think, and I'm really proud of them. Um, but enough with boring you. Um, the main thing I did this week, and um, Stiggy spoke about it last week, I went to see The Northman. I agree yeah. with basically everything you say. I really, really enjoyed it much more than I was expecting to. I'm not huge on Eggers um, as a general rule. Well, I probably will be now. Um, but yes, especially the first probably third to half of the film really, really stood out. And it was... Uh, just as kind of an assault on the senses in terms of just how um, intense it is. It doesn't pull Mm. back from the violence. It doesn't pull back from just how brutal Vikings were. Um, Yeah, really trippy scene with uh, Willem Dafoe, the the fart scene that was mentioned. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad I wasn't too drunk going into that one. Um, I think possibly the, maybe the last third went on a bit long for me. I would have, it was, a bit of, a, I don't want to say letdown, but it wasn't as good as the first half, I didn't think. Mm. But really enjoyed Skarsgård. He's a beautiful, beautiful man. And <laughs> um, very disappointed <sighs> that the hair didn't stay as long as it did to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, really good. I, I really recommend going to see it. Um, funny enough, somebody gave me a really bad, I, I, I went into it more or less blind. Um, one of my customers gave me a really bad review and he actually said that he'd walked out. And I can't understand. Yeah, I can't understand why. I just I don't see what there was not to like unless there was a bit maybe a bit intense. But I also sorry. Sorry, carry on. I was gonna say it'd be one of those people who just thought it was a standard Viking film, guaranteed. I think that's probably the case. But yeah, I really enjoyed how um how fantastical it was as well. Like there were the kind of Norse mythology elements to it, and uh, that was a that was a nice surprise because I was probably one of the people going in thinking it was just a standard Vikings thing, and I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, yeah, I concur. Excellent. Brilliant, brilliant. We're going to move on to me now. I'm going to quickly talk about uh, the Northman. In in fact, all I'm going to do is, um, Stig was right (laughs) again. (laughs) I absolutely, um, I absolutely, um, I thought it was spellbinding. It's, that's three for three for me, we Eggers. Um, Yeah, it's just a jaw-dropping spectacle. And I'm glad people are gaining more money because he's not squandering that money. He's not turning it into anything horrible. Do you know what I mean? He's not ruining his vision. And yeah, it's just, it's the epic we've, I've wanted in a long, long time of like an historical epic. I haven't seen one at this caliber in a, in a long stretch. And I just, I echo what Stig said last time. I think it's fantastic. Um, mm. Is it a perfect do, movie? No, but what is? <laughs> do, you know what I mean? do you know, I was just thinking that the, only, the last time I can remember someone really kind of make it, making a film like this, unless there's been ones mm. that I haven't seen, that uses kind of like an old tale or yeah. kind of a real tale and mixing mm. those mythology parts to it, it's probably 300. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. yeah. I, can't, I can't think of any other. Yeah, that that because that kind of does the same thing, doesn't it, where it's, yeah. it, it mixes in those stories of monsters and, and yeah. huge, like um, the Persian. A lot of directors are scared to like do it, huge, I think. It's huge, like nine-foot guy, isn't he, in, in that film? yeah. yeah. I think I think a lot of directors are scared to tackle beloved mythologies and stuff like that. And yeah, Eggers just 
again, he's my current favourite director. So, yeah, spot on. Spot on with that, Stig, last week. Um, right, my main thing I want to talk about is a game, computer games. This game was sent to me kindly by the developers. This is also a review. As I'm speaking this now, it's under embargo, but by the time this drops, it won't be. This game is called Metal Tales Overkill. Ooh. <laughs> That's a title. <laughs> yeah. Developed and published by Zero Uno Games. Um, I've written this down so I don't get this stuff wrong. <laughs> it's a guitar-based twin-stick shooter. And the easiest way to describe this is by saying it plays like, like one of my all-time favourite games, The Binding of Isaac. If you know what The Binding of Isaac is, you automatically know what kind of game this is. Uh, it's got less of a disgusting art style and obsession with like placental imagery and stuff that Binding of Isaac's got because it's a bit minging, that game. So the story to the game is the, the guitar gods have been possessed. Oh, no, Gadget. They've been oh, possessed. Yeah. Uh, now it's up to you to sort this mess out and save the world from the evil god Cook. K-U-K. Um, each of the worlds or levels is called a gig, as in concert. And it's up to you to venture into the maze and defeat baddies, ultimately leading to an incredible boss encounter. So far, so good, right? And yeah. now without this next aspect of the game, I'd probably have no real reason to play this over Binding of Isaac. Get what I'm saying? Because Binding, Binding of Isaac's a lot more polished and beautiful, as well as disgusting. Because the graphics are not the best in this, but... This aspect truly sells it for me. So the game's designed for metalheads because every aspect of the game is accompanied by real-life death, thrash, doom, and heavy metal songs. And fuck me, they're good. <laughs> they are good. <laughs> if you don't like metal, you won't like this. I'm out. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you probably will. Yeah, you probably are. There's some proper deep cuts in there as well. You'd be like, oh, fuck, let's go. Um, a lot of them are like Latin, American, and Spanish metal bands because the developers are so Spanish. the good metal bands then. Yeah, the good ones. Because the de- developers are Spanish, so it, it helps. Um, but it's super cool to like go into a boss encounter at the end of a dungeon and it, it just unleashes this big metal, ah, and then it kicks off. It's a, that's not the only way I can explain it. It's just so fucking good. And if you've played like Roguelites and Binding of Isaac and Twin Six, Enter the Gungeon, those type of games, you know exactly what you're doing. But this is nowhere near as difficult as some of them games. It's quite, quite accessible because I think they want you to see this spectacle rather than bang your head against a wall constantly. Um. The actual attacks that your character wields, he is using, they are, you can pick a character, basically. You unlock more characters as you go on. Some are thrash metal guitarists, some are other stuff. And you use your guitar to attack. So, bing, it like lightning bolts come out of it every time you shred and stuff like that. And it's like twin stick shooter directions, and it's just really good. And you can unlock new guitars, you can find new summons and magics and stuff, as, as you all expect, but with a, a metal twist to it. And it's, Overall, I do think it's a good game. It's a little ropey because it's like, it's not the first game they've done, but they are an indie developer and it's just how it is, isn't it? But the proof of concept's fantastic. I'd give it a 7 out of 10 if you're into metal. If you're not into metal, such as Biggie, it's a 6 out of 10. And if you want to play that kind of game and you've not played Binding of Isaac, play that. But that can be quite expensive to buy Binding of Isaac in comparison. 
So, oh yeah, they still sell out for full price in some places. Exactly. So Metal Tales will do because it's a budget title. It's on everything: Switch, PS5, PS4, PC, Xbox, all of them, all of them. I don't know if it's on Ouya. It might be. Who knows? <laughs> but yeah, I, I think it's for so the two Ouya players still out there. <laughs> yeah. I think it's good. It's not perfect. It's no Binding of Isaac, but I put my headphones on and fuck, it's good. The sound, the sound's really good. But, When's yeah. that one come out? Um, as it'll be soon if it's under embargo, it, right? It releases. Um, it was out. It was out two days ago as of recording. So yes. I'm just, I'm looking at it on yes. Steam right now. Yes, but I, I've I, I've managed to finish it, and I I, I didn't stop. I, I think it took me about five hours to fully finish my run because you know what these games like you do runs, don't you? And you can go back and there's many play. What it does do accessibility wise, you can see what's in the next room before you go in. I like that about that. You can't on other games like in this in this genre. So you can plan accordingly. If you if you want a bit, you want a thrash, get it. <laughs> I always yeah. want a thrash. <laughs> just I'm just just looking at the Steam page and look at some of that. They actually have real guitars in this. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no, there's so They're much at, so much love like, for it. At, yeah, look at the artwork. There's like BC Riches, there's yeah. Gibsons, there's a Dean Razorback in it. Mate, where are you see the Jackson playlist? Randy Rhodes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to find the playlist and I can't find it. I, 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 I couldn't find it to talk about it for this review, but mate, <laughs> some deep cuts. Absolutely, it's got, um, it, it's got one re- one positive review on Steam. Yeah, it's only review. That's it. That's it. But I'm giving it a positive review. Seven out of ten. Woo! Next, we shall move on to stick. So, the main thing I want to talk about this week, I am being so generous and letting Gadget take the reins on that one. Oh, aren't you? Thank girls. you. Um, we both have probably some gushing things to say about it. But I have Don't a gush other... on my podcast. <laughs> I have a couple of other things to talk about. In the meantime, uh, I f- watched the Uncharted film last night. Ah. Um, I have kind of dropped these thoughts already within our Discord, but for those who are in there, and why aren't you? You should be. Idiots. Fuckers. Uh, these are my thoughts on Uncharted. <laughs> It is a perfectly fun and enjoyable romp of a film. Uh, Holland and Wahlberg, I still think, are wrong for the parts, uh, but they are still very entertaining in in the film regardless. Um, I think if this wasn't tied to Uncharted and it was just a action-adventure film with them in the leads, probably would, wouldn't bother me as much. Yeah. And not to say that it doesn't bother me so much where I'm like, oh, God, oh, God, like you can't do that. Drake wouldn't do that. You know not I mean? my Drake. Yeah, it's not like that. It's just <laughs> Tom Holland is still too young. Mm-hmm. He's still 10 years too young for the part. Does he kill about 180 people, though? No, he doesn't, actually. The one thing that actually does annoy me is, is because of his size <laughs> and his age, he's he obviously he's athletic, so he can do all kind of bit of dodging and, and but he's not ac- brawling acrobatics, like but he's not brawling. So when he comes against yeah. the two like big, burly like kind of side baddies, he just looks like he'd get the shit kicked out of him. And you just don't Drake's believe that, fucking hard, isn't it? Yeah, it's exactly. Like you just don't believe he'd win that fight. So it, I looked past that eventually just to enjoy it. The the casting of Chloe, though, that is perfectly fine. Like she's really good. Like they've mm-hmm. nailed that. Um, no issues with that casting at all. Um, I have a few issues plot wise. The bad guys are terrible. Uh, stuff that happens around the bad guys is terrible. I.e., they just turn up. Mate, I can't name you a bad guy from the games. Yeah. Fuck off. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So it's probably in keeping with the games. But it just annoyed me how... It, it's just like the games, actually. Drake figures everything out. 
and yet the bad guys still not turn up at the part. It's like, how do they know where it is if he's only just figured out where it There's is? There's that moment in the first game where you've unlocked a tomb and the baddies already inside. Yes. <laughs> Which way did they come in? It happened in this that way. And I sat there going, how did they know that that was there? Because yep. Nathan's only just figured this out. Yep. But apart from that, it has a lot of elements that... Un- like Uncharted games, so puzzles, artifacts, maps, locations, set pieces, they are genuinely like they've just lifted them straight from the games and put them into a film. So that that was pretty good. I'm going to uh, watch it. But yeah, it's made despite, a lot of money as well, hasn't it? Uh, I don't know, to be honest, I didn't look into that. Tenor, I've, yeah, heard it, I've heard it's done very well. It wouldn't surprise you yeah. to have a sequel for it. I'm sure, I'm there, sure will there will be. Uh, it's, I mean, it's literally only just come out a few months ago and it's <coughs> only just hit Virgin streaming now this week, mm. so... Uh, yeah, but um, in in the US it grows to 146 million. So I think they're going to do another one. Mm-hmm. I will watch a sequel to our patrons, isn't it? That? Yeah, <laughs> I'd watch a I'd watch a sequel. Happily watch a sequel. Yeah. So it's it's a three out of five films. enjoyable films popcorn film, yeah. and um, it's probably up there with one of the best video game films. I know that's a low bar, a very <laughs> low bar, but you know, for not me, Street Fighter Nine. <laughs> yeah, we're waiting for that one. <laughs> Uh, the other thing, though, I, I watched something is I caught up with up to the current episodes of Star Trek Picard. Oh, oh finally, someone's watched this. Yeah, it's not good. Oh, right. <laughs> Am I not? Oh, really? That's a shame. Save me a job. I just really enjoyed the first series. Yeah, it just it. So the, the I story like the first series as well. The story basically is um, something. It kind of carries on from the first film. They're all at first film, first series. They're all kind of yep. doing their own thing within Starfleet now. Yep. They come together for something I can't even remember what it is now, but they're this all in the first episode. They're about mm. to die, basically, and there's a big flash of light. You think they've, some, and then Q turns up. No way. This is, so this is all about Q fucking with Picard again. Is it him as well? Yeah, yeah. The that, oh, so, so this, yeah, yeah. So he's back. The way they get around him being old, really done really well. Really? Um, yeah, because that wouldn't make sense because he's an et- eternal entity. Yeah, I can't. I can't kind of assume you would do that. Well, Jean Luc, you're old now. Yeah, so you're old now. With you, that's yeah. exactly how they do it. <laughs> oh, gadget is, gadget is cute. He just goes. He goes. Oh, you've aged. He goes just to be a bit fair, and he just clicks his fingers and turns into old Q. So oh, that's good. So basically, Q is fucked with the timeline, and he's turned Earth and the Federation into space Nazis. Oh, and the leader no. of the Space Nazis is one... <laughs> oh, they're going back ca- to Discovery, aren't they? Captain Jean-Luc Picard. <laughs> oh, no, the Fuhrer himself. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and so obviously Picard is... They go back in time to try and solve, resolve this, discovery this and stuff. as well, it. though, isn't it? Like, Gadget says. Yes. <laughs> and it's just... There's some fine stuff in there, but uh, there was one episode which is probably one of the worst Star Trek episodes I've ever seen in my life. Wow. It was so bad. And you've it watched was... Enterprise, haven't you? Most of it. Um, <laughs> I don't like, I don't get with Discovery. I stopped watching that. I would generally stop watching this if it wasn't around Picard. I don't know what it is. Yeah, Picard's so but good, though. I only have two episodes left to watch this series, so I'm going to do that. And the annoying thing is, do you know what they've done? Mm-hmm. They've released the teaser for Series 3 halfway through Series 2. Idiots. And that screams to me that they know that this isn't doing very well critically with the fans or things. Wow. So what they've done is stick around. We're refreshing it. And we'll give you this. 
<laughs> and can I tell you what the t- teaser is? Yes, because I'm not going to watch this. So the teaser is all the OG cast are back. Like, oh. they are all back. I'll tell you who's coming back. Khan! So everyone from the original Next Generation cast is back. Although Will Wheaton isn't in that, in the list of names that comes up. So I don't know if he's in it, but everyone else is going to be in it. And you can clearly see they've gone, this series is a bit shit. We know it's a bit shit. People are saying it's a bit shit. Come back next year and we'll have what you wanted from the beginning. Kirsty Alley. She's coming back. That's that's original Star Trek. I'm talking about Next Generation. (laughs) He's banging on about about the the, the original Star Trek. I'm talking about the original (laughs) cast of Next Generation. Shatner in. All them, like, young all, all them characters have been well, well gone. Ironically, shut them back. <laughs> uh, the, the one thing as well is that this series is doing is it's just thrown in a, a Zoom plot line. So it is the um, is it ancestors that before out there. I always get it mixed up. Yeah, ancestors yeah. before. Yeah. So it's it's Noonien Sung's ancestor, and there's something going on, and they're meant to be in the world the uh, the year 2024. And the technology he's using and the stuff's going on just doesn't make sense. It just doesn't work. You don't need to just get Soon or Data or whatever into the show. It doesn't need mm. it. It's a pointless is it, subplot. Is it just an excuse to put Brent Spiner back into Pretty it? Pretty much, it? yeah. But it's a sh- ah. it's not very good. So I don't like it when Star Trek does time travel. The only one, the only time travel episode that I think Star Trek ever did that they got right was the DS9 one where they go back yeah. to the Tribbles episode. That's, oh, that's so brilliant. good. That's, That's so really good. good. That was like a take the piss episode. And yeah. what 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 annoys me with the time travel stuff like this? It just fucks around with its own like mythology and timelines and everything rules and as it, well. It, and rules and it makes no sense. Picard has already gone into the past in First Contact. Yeah, it did. And, and and yet he acts as though that never happened in this. Oh dear. Yeah, I think he went back in time once in Next Generation as well. Pretty yeah. sure he did. Oh, this also involves the Borg Queen. She's in there somewhere as well. Oh, oh for fuck's sake. So, do you remember her? Got her. Remember her? We've got her. Remember him? We've got him. <laughs> and that's what the whole of next series seems to be. Remember all these? They're all back. And like Except an idiot, I'll probably watch dead. it. <laughs> you what? Never mind. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, yeah, that's me. On to the Excellent. main show. Excellent. So then, Gadget, take us away. Okay, well, before I get into the thing that both me and Stig have done this week, uh, just very quickly, I started a new book this week with the best title in the world. Okay. You've said this before, so you better be good. The Girl Who Can Move Shit With Her Mind. <laughs> I like it. I yeah. like it. Into it. Um, like I'm only about uh, eight, ten chapters into it so far, but so far it's stacking up really good. Very funny book based around it, 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 based around a woman with psychokinesis working for the US government, and she really doesn't fucking want to be. But she's the only one apparently in the world who can do this stuff. So she's going to infiltrate and kind of buildings with spies and going and just walking in, you know, just like, you know, they come to like a password protected lock and she just like thinks about the lock and opens it and stuff like that. Oh, it's not just actual uh, shit but, that she can move. It's just general stuff. <laughs> no, it's, just, it's general stuff. I can move fecal matter with my I mean, she, if she can move other stuff, I'm sure she can move poop. <laughs> but... But the, the the book opens in a really engaging way because her and the, the agent that she's working with are falling from the 80th window of a skyscraper, and it does the whole, so this is me. This is how I got into this shitty you situation. You wondering how I got here. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And it's really funny, and I'm enjoying it lots of fun, but when I finished it, I'll talk about it in more detail. But I just had to point out the title of it because it's incredible. 
Uh, but speaking of another, speaking of incredible titles, the thing that both me and Stig did this week was um, we've both been separately to see uh, the unbearable weight of massive talent. <laughs> oh, the, so much. It's so fucking good. <laughs> It's really, really fucking good. So uh, if you aren't aware of what this is, you clearly haven't been on the internet in the last six weeks. Uh, This is the new Nicolas Cage film where he plays Nicolas Cage. Um, uh, It is a slightly fictionalised version of himself, but basically he's in debt, he's going through divorce, his daughter is sick of his shit, um, and he gets an offer from a mysterious businessman in Europe to go over and uh, hang out with him on his private island for his birthday party for a cool million dollars. Easy. Easy money. So, yeah. So, incidentally, modern escapism is also up for that deal if anyone's listening. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'd, <laughs> mate, I'd do it for 100 quid. <laughs> so, he's he's having midlife, effectively late career crisis kind of thing. He's considering ha- hanging a back thing. And he meets Harvey, played by Pedro Pascal, who is this mysterious multimillionaire businessman. And it just goes fucking weird from there. I don't want to kind of give away like the most of the plot points on it because it the film kind of twists and turns around in a really interesting way that I absolutely did not expect. But it is so well written and so well put together and you can tell Nicolas Cage is having so much fun with this. Yeah. You get a really interesting really funny sequence halfway throughout it where both uh Nick and uh Harvey take LSD and go for a drive. <laughs> <laughs> We've all done that. Yeah, I had a penny for every time that happened. I know. Tell me yeah. about it. And that's where, you, if you've seen the trailer, you, that that it's that sequence where he's where like Nicholas Cage sitting on the wall and like I'm gonna lift you up, Harvey, and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, because um, yeah. they're, they're yeah they're, they're high off their tits, <laughs> and it's so fucking funny. Uh, also in the film, you've uh, so yeah, Pedro Pascal plays Harvey. You've also got Sharon Horgan playing um, Nicholas Cage's ex-wife. Uh, Neil Patrick Harris plays his um, agent. You've got Tiffany Haddish in there as um, someone destined to cause trouble for everybody. And yeah, I, I me and Pip absolutely hoo hard and laughed all the way through it. It was so. There is some really early cringe humor in the film as well. That like Pip was like burying a head in my shoulders to get away from it. <laughs> you know when you have to hide from the cringe. Yeah, most um, Adam Sandler films. <sighs> yeah. Sh- sh- Shots I kind of don't want to spoil the impact of it, but I do kind of want to talk about Nikki. What do you think, Stig? Um, <sighs> did we talk about Nikki? Just put a little spoiler klaxon. Yeah, yeah, I'll put it, the spoiler it, klaxon. You in don't here. know about it, but it was it. It just came out of nowhere. Really, when it happens. It's very, very close to the start of the film. To be fair, so yeah. Skip to forty-four minutes and thirty seconds if you don't want any of this film spoiled. So, um, because he's going through his midlife crisis-y stuff, um, he, he's kind of effectively pestered and tormented, maybe even haunted by Nicky, who is a de-aged Nicolas Cage. Um, from the kind of wild at heart era. Oh, oh no. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Jumping and he on, talks jumping like on, that, yeah. like the old kind of Nicolas Cage way of like, talking. <laughs> So it's like, I'm Nicolas fucking Cage! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, and it's... And it, it's it's supposed to represent the two sides because current day Nicolas Cage wants to do more arty films, wants to do more um, like smaller budget stuff, like films yeah. with a capital F. Whereas Nicky wants him to do the big blockbusters. He wants to do another Con Air. He I'm wants to do like, yeah, that kind of <laughs> shit. He said, "You got to be a superstar because you're Nicolas fucking Cage." <laughs> Raising Arizona stuff. How did Con yeah. Air never and have a, a sequel? By the way. 
They all died at the end. I don't, uh, just I, I, won't, no. <laughs> I won't spoil what the mo- what happens in the moment itself, but a really surreal moment between the two of them in a bar. <laughs> it is so earnest yet so meta. Like the film, he constantly takes the piss out of the weirder parts of Nicolas Cage's career. Did you mention there's jokes Ghost about Rider. the Wick- there's jokes about the Wicker Man. There's jokes about Ghost Rider in there. <laughs> it's all it's all under the, the, under the surface stuff as well. But he also that one. Yeah, that joke's taking in there. the piss out of himself from the get go. Isn't he? The part he's trying to land at the beginning of the film. He's talking about, oh, this is the role of a lifetime, this, blah, blah, blah. And then when he does a little bit of dialogue from it, like, this sounds fucking terrible. But yeah. Nick Cage is like, it's the role of a lifetime. Because, you know, the last several years, he's just been doing whatever the fuck, hasn't he? The colour out yeah. of space. Absolutely. Pig. Before he pig. Started, no, but I mean, before he started doing the colour out of space, uh, Pig and Mandy, he'd just mm. do these generic as fuck action films. Wouldn't yeah. he? Like, yeah. films that... Yeah. Straight, straight to the time DVD travel stuff. one that he did. Yeah, with things that you just... Look, absolute garbage. That's the kind of film he sounds like he's kind of get get with at the start, the audition for at the start of the film. Um, yeah, he, he, he even says to the director, "I've been working on the Boston accent," and immediately I went, "No, don't do it. Don't try to do the Boston." <laughs> yeah, and it's as you would expect, terrible. <laughs> but it's it is it is really fucking good. It, it it turns around and kind of twists around in ways you don't expect. There are a lot of huge amounts of knowing nods to his pre- to his previous career and his reputation as well. There's a lot of a lot of stuff like playing on his reputation. Mm. Um, and the the way the film ends came out absolutely nowhere for me. Um, you know that transition stick. Yeah, yeah. It just I was I, I was taken aback when like the camera turns around and suddenly everything is the new bit. <laughs> <laughs> it was honestly I've n- I haven't laughed that hard in the cinema for a film that wasn't jackass in a long time. Mm. And I think, I think because he's say- had his critics, it sounds like it's quite a cathartic film for him to do as well. I imagine there's probably quite a lot of actors that would like to be in this position to have a bit of fun with their earlier Van films tried and stuff. It. You know? Yeah, I think I, th- I, would, I would say that, yeah, he's just, he's in a position where he can have fun because he's, I think he's one of those actors like, you know, he's, he's enjoying doing the films he wants to do. He's not, Doing it for a paycheck, he doesn't I, have to do I saw to him do on the red films. carpet in his tan, so <laughs> dressed as a biscuit yeah. tin. I yeah, think the last five years of Cage <laughs> yeah. have been the most cagiest of cagey years ever. I love it. Everything that he's done I, recently has been ace. I'm all for it. Yeah, he's absolutely he's absolutely leaning into his into his mythos as a meme. If he wants to be crazy, <laughs> let him. He practically is, isn't he, with this film? And he's also said that like this is like probably like one of the hardest roles he's ever to do because he's playing himself and has to kind of bear his soul and take the piss out of himself and not yeah. play it too earnestly like he knows that he knows that these are memes and like the bees joke and not the bees and all that kind of thing and the bees and, and the way he speaks you know when you when you hear interviews about like and he's kind of like talking he's, he's really in touch with Remember himself that famous stuff one now, when he did he? that at parkinson when, when in his early career he comes out and he's like jumping around and stuff yeah. like that it's awful but, yeah, that's Nicky. Oh, yeah. it's awful. Like, if, Worse if than you, Tom Cruise when he was jumping on that sofa. If you listen to some of his recent interviews now, he, he's he's very assured of himself, isn't he? About the, the mm, yeah. poetry and that kind of stuff that he talks about and the yeah. kind of films he likes. And he fully leans into this. He's talking about his favourite film is a hundred-year-old German silent film. Oh, gosh, it is. That, <laughs> and um, which actually, it is on my watch list because it looks weird as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be Stig's favourite so. <laughs> He's full on like no, he knows himself. <laughs> like this is how I perceived. So I'm going to lean into that, and that, that's what we're going to present on in this film. 
There's a there's a, a fantastic moment of bonding between uh, uh, Nick and Harvey over Paddington Two. Oh yeah, that, that gives it an extra. <laughs> yeah. Still not watching. Extra thumbs that. up. Yeah, it's fucking incredible. <laughs> See, even Nick Cage knows. Nick Cage knows. <laughs> but into his film, Paddington Two is one of the best films ever. It's so good. I just just when I, when I saw that, I, I seen that that scene was like leaked on Twitter like a, a couple of uh, a couple of days ago, and I saw that, and I just instantly thought of Stig. I was like, yeah, this is Stig's film yes. of the year. This because not only is it Nick Cage doing Nick Cage things, but it's talking of Paddington Two not once but twice throughout the film. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Cage. Nick- I really recommend you you can go see it. it it's not one of those films you, you don't need to see it in the cinema, but go and see it in the cinema so people make weird films like this more. Mm. Yeah, gotcha. Excellent. Nick Cage is back. Oh, he's back. No, oh, you missed the joke. Damn it. Oh, no, yeah, I'm trying. Yeah. Oh, yeah. he failed. I set him up with a punchline and he fucking... I know, because I'm... Cause I'm t- not, that, yeah. not that he went away. Not that he went away, <laughs> yeah. Which is the line that's repeated several times throughout the film and I can't believe I didn't catch that. Unbelievable. <laughs> Sorry. He literally says it throughout the whole film. He's like, you're back. Not that I went away. No, not that you went away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excellent! Uh, Damn it! And uh, and one last thing as well. Just the um, I really like Neil Patrick Harris as his agent. He's just playing the um, the Barney Stinson character again uh, from How I Met Your Mother. But I just think I've he's really funny, and either. I just really like him in films. Mm. You should watch things, Oodles. Yeah. Mm. The bromance between the two as well is really great. Yeah. Cool. Excellent. Excellent. Let's move on to the uh, main topic, and it's. My topic this week. Um, we're basically recasting some of our favourite films, even though they are our favourites. We're going to try and make them maybe not better, but as good. <laughs> and I'll start proceedings just to, so so people get a taste for what we're doing. I hope you guys have done a little bit of homework on this. I'm trusting you, Alan. No, I haven't. I'm winging it entirely. You're good at that, though. That's different. For you, you can do that. <laughs> I can't. Of I've done the fucking homework. <laughs> so I've obviously gone with an MCU film because I like me some comic books. But I've gone to not my favourite one, but I've gone to the one with the least, the, 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 not as many cast members because it's a bit easier. Oh, so the smallest cast. <laughs> I'm going to recast Avengers Infinity War. No, I'm not. <laughs> Lock yourselves in, guys, for four hours of... <laughs> I am going to recast Avengers Assembled as we got it in the UK. I don't know what... Was it just called The Avengers in America? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's Avengers Assembled. Um, so I've just, I'm just recasting the main cast on what's classed as the main cast on IMDb because that's how Stig likes to do it as well. It's all about that IMDb life. And I'm just going to go in order of um, star power, I'm assuming. I don't know how they order it on this, but probably... So, main star of Avengers Assembled, as we all know, is uh, Robert Downey Jr., isn't it? Mm-hmm. As Tony Stark, a.k.a. Iron Man. And I'm going to recast him. Get ready. By the way, this is then as well. I'm going to recast him with Oscar Isaac. I've got reasons. I've got reasons. So he's handsome. I'd like to hear those reasons. He's handsome. And has played a billionaire before in Ex Machina, so we know he can do it. Uh, I kind of want him to lean on the alcoholic Tony Stark over the PTSD Tony Stark, like he is in the comic books. And my twist is I want to make him like he is in the cartoon. I want to make him so he can't use his legs outside of the suit. So it gives him even more like uh, pathos with the character and 
that that um, that Oscar Isaac because I've been I've been watching a lot of him lately, haven't we, Stig? <laughs> and I think he can do that kind of sad, depressed billionaire quite well. So, what do you think of are that? You, are you are you recasting the film or remaking it here? No, we're just recasting it. All the scripts the same. All the scripts the same. I think it just means the way that he would play the character, whether he'd play it. Yeah, yeah. he's not changing any words or anything like that. So yeah, that's how I'd want it. Um, next, Steve Rogers, originally played by Chris Evans. I'm going to recast him as Henry Cavill. So I know he's not American. I know he's not American, but I don't give a fuck. He's got a you great can do a generic American accent. Yeah, he's got a great smile and physically, he's physically able to pull it off. Mm, I Look can see at that. him. It'd work. I think it'd work. Maybe brown his hair a little bit, make it a bit. Now that lighter. would be America's ass. I'm telling you. Um, Natasha Romanoff, um, originally played by Scarlett Johansson. I'm going to recast her as Emily Blunt. So she looks a lot like the original comic version, and she's got great acting chops. I'd give her more of a spy aspect over the, the Johansson's fisticuffs, but. I can't change the film, so I reckon she could still pull it off. Emily Blunt. I don't know about Emily Blunt. I, I, I couldn't. I just I fancy I could Emily Blunt in the role. <laughs> Come on, wasn't she originally? Wasn't but... she actually originally up for the role? I don't pretty, know. I'm pretty sure she was, and she turned it down. Idiot. <laughs> <laughs> to make a quiet place. No, no, no. Just uh, no, no years no, before that, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. No, I think she just she was just commitment. Other commitments she was doing, but yeah, 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 yeah. Next, Clint Barton, aka Hawkeye, originally played by Jeremy Renner. I'm going to recast it as Matt Damon. Um, shaved head, sunglasses, and he's great on camera. I like Matt Damon. <laughs> it works. It works. Um, next, Bruce Banner, the Hulk. Originally, Mark Ruffalo. Well, not originally, but let's not get into that. Uh, I'm going to recast <laughs> as an older Bruce Banner. It's going to be Brian Cranston. So he's calm, collected, mm. and he's got a beast hidden within him, like in Breaking Bad. He can, he can anger out sometimes, but he can also do that calm, kind of dad smart. Do you know what I mean? You, you feel, you're feeling me, aren't you? You're feeling me. Um, next, Thor, originally played by Chris Hemsworth. I'm going to recast him as Alexander Skarsgård. I thought you might be going to that. <laughs> <laughs> because he's an Adonis. <laughs> he, he, he did audition That's... for him, didn't he, I think? I again, I don't know. Well, I, I think he did. Know, but That's he... interesting, though, because yeah. I could see him really pulling that off. So if he auditioned, I'm yeah. surprised that he didn't get the role. Yeah, he's not Hemsworth. as ripped as Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> he probably didn't want to bleach his eyebrows either. Mm. Exactly. Yeah, that's what we <laughs> need him to. So um, I don't think he had bleach eyebrows in Avengers. He had to go through the first the first film, though. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's yeah, that's how we'd recast because it have to be, wouldn't it? It have to be. Yeah, you're right. Next, um, Loki, originally uh, portrayed by Tom Hiddleston. Great. This is one one of the hardest ones for me because I think he's perfect. He's pretty perfect as Loki. He looks like Loki as well. Yeah, from every comic book version. But I've gone, I've gone smart. Gustav Skarsgård, which is the brother, the real brother of Alexander Skarsgård. Um, so he's got a great dynamic there, obviously, because the real life brothers. He played Floki in uh, Vikings. Um, he's oh, also right. okay. he's also bald, so you can just put a good wig on him. And he's tall as well, mm. and I think Loki should be I think tall. It, I, think, I think you're grasping at straws there. I don't think I am. The brothers already, so they've already got a dynamic. I think it works. Mm, I like that touch. I like that they're already <laughs> brothers. I'm thinking outside of the box. <laughs> 
and inside of the box. So the next one, <laughs> the last one, Nick Fury. <sighs> Originally portrayed by Samuel L. Jackson, I've recast him as Jackson L. Samuel. It's really actually Samuel L. Jackson, but he's got the eye patch on the other side. <laughs> because ah, sneaky, I, could not, I could not recast him at all. But if you really want me to, I'm thinking Idris Elba, but only when he's playing Charles Minor in The Office. That Idris Elba. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that one. What do, what done with Jim's shit. Yeah, done with Jim's shit. Done with Tony shit. Stark's shit. Yeah, yeah, that's what that's that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> And I think that's the only way I'd get away with it. Because Idris Elba is far too him overempowering as a as a Nick Fury. Do you know what I mean? He's he's massive. <laughs> he's a monster. But if we're playing Charles Minor, I'm into that. And that's how I've recast it. Is there any glaring emissions you reckon there? What about um Agent Coulson? Uh, I don't know. Biggie can play it. <laughs> I don't even think. He's wow. like he's like a non character to me because he died in this one. <laughs> So he's, just he's so good. Is he? Mm. Oh, uh, he's a, a pivotal point. He's so film. innocently lovely. He is a pivotal, yeah. piv- pivotal point, but and, and 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 you know he, he got to helm the worst uh, Marvel TV series, <laughs> yeah, which I still never watched fully. I, watched, uh, I, watched I don't some, know. I watched some of it. I'm pretty sure that the Inhumans probably takes that. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I've watched that. <laughs> Fuck. Fuck. But yeah, that's my recast, and that's basically what we're going for. So, um, yeah, I'd, there's not many arguments from there. Probably the uh, uh, the other Skarsgård's probably the only one that's got a negative reaction on that one. But, I just don't know if you can recast Iron Man, though. Well, he that, nearly was Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah, no, but I just... That would have been a disaster. The MC would have never got off the ground if it were Tom Cruise. Oh, yeah. I'd imagine. Smiling as soon as the helmet opens up <laughs> with big teeth. <laughs> <laughs> awful, awful. Um, how much would, I want have, to how go... much would have he have had to uh, change how it all worked as well? Because I'm sure Tom Cruise would put his uh, fingers in the pot with the plot and script and yeah, he does that. Doesn't that he? Well, yeah, I yeah. think like Robert Downey Jr. did as well, though, didn't he? Yeah, but well, yeah, <laughs> that's the difference. <laughs> yes. But yeah, um, we'll move on to Biggie because I'm very interested in what you're bringing. Oh, okay. Um, I wasn't. I didn't actually make notes about who they were replacing, so I've quickly just done that. So I have two, actually, I wanted to talk about. But I don't know how you want to do this, because we have time. Do I've done The have... Alien and The Thing, because they're both my favourite well, movies. I, you got ten minutes, boy. So, Ripley. I've gone for Brie Larson. I think she could carry that sort of role off, because she's shown that she can hold her movie together with something like Captain Marvel, amongst other stuff that she's done. But yeah. I think, because if you haven't seen Alien before, you don't really know who's going to be the hero from the beginning. So I think she can kind yeah, of pull exactly. that kind of quiet roll mm-hmm. off. Um, sort of Just adds. in the background until she yeah. needs to come in. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that, so mate. I think she can do that. Dallas, I wanted to do something completely different. Um, I've mm-hmm. gone for Ewan McGregor because I think a lot Ooh. of people would again Hello think there. that he's <laughs> going to be that sort of main hero character. And then if you know how the movie goes. Yeah, they could even put him on the posters like Ewan McGregor. Exactly. That little bait and switch. I love that. And I think he can pull off being sort of the overall leader of the group. Mm. Um, I think yeah, that'll like work. Tom, Tom Scarrett was like the, the high bill, wasn't he, originally? Yeah, until uh, he was taken out. Um, <laughs> for Lambert, I've gone with my fave, Tony Collette. I think she can do a yeah. real screen queen when she needs to be. Yeah, um, sure. she, And you are um, her biggest stan in the world anyway, aren't you? 
<laughs> so um, she was um, played by Veronica Cartwright originally. Um, so I thought I'd put Tony Collette in to sort of, um, I think she'd do that role quite well, um, to sort yeah, of be the fear of the, the crew. Um, mm. Kane's a difficult one, but I thought I'd go with someone um, who isn't in the movie very long. But I think, again, it would surprise people, it would be Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh, mm. no, now, yeah, I can, I can. And I, I think yeah. he can sort of pull that sort of, because uh, he can be a bit nerdy when he needs to be, because Kane yeah. at the beginning yeah. of the movie seems yeah. to be the one that understands everything. He's talking about the environment as he's going through it, and I think. And I'm sure he'd love to do a one-week shoot and get paid a million <laughs> for it. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ash, on a similar theme, um, I've gone with Tom Hiddleston. I think he yep. could probably play off um, being what appears to be sort of a nerdy scientist role, but I think he could turn quite evil as an android. Yeah, definitely. Um, originally played by Ian Hiram. Um Parker, um, I've gone with Daniel Kaluuya. I think... Yeah. Um, he, I love him in everything he's done. He's superb. I, I love everything that he does. And I think he also has that sort of the big eyes like Yafet Koto. So there's almost like a link yeah. in not only how they look, but I think he could pull off that sort of engineer kind of role, um, yeah, the tough the guy way. aspect when needed. Brett, um, something different. I went with Jake Gyllenhaal. I think um, the two of them will work Ooh. and bounce off each other quite well as the role of Harry Dean Stanton. Yeah. Um, Mother's Voice, I went with Kate Blanchett. I think she'll, yeah, uh, no, that's that's bang on that. That's bang on. She could, and she's uh, doing Galadriel. <laughs> yeah, because it that voice throughout Perfect. that movie later on is really disturbing because it it's yeah. totally emotionless, but it's got that woman's voice to it, which almost has that sort of motherly feel. It's very weird and comes across really well in that movie. Um, mm. The alien, I think, should be played by Doug Jones. He's he's yeah. getting. Uh, Everything that he appears in when he has to. You having a, a, a proper physical alien, not not CGI. Yeah. Yes, you should recast yeah. the alien CGI. <laughs> <laughs> I thought so, you were going to say, um, "What's his name? Who played Gollum? Andy Serkis?" <laughs> As yeah, alien. No, it's definitely got to be a physical presence, I think, to pull that off. Um, yeah, I, I think he's, he's really good at that. playing aliens. And as finally as the face hugger, it would be Jared Leto, who hopefully. <laughs> yep. Method acting an egg during the whole fucking shoot. And that sucking, <laughs> sucking on people's faces. That's a terrifying film. The egg, the egg opens and it's just Jared Leto's face, just like naked, just hugging your completely face completely like naked. That. Oh god, that'd be the ultimate just, horror. Just as method acting by just like hiding in a giant egg in people's dressing rooms, yeah, and then <laughs> attaching to them as they're about to go for lunch. <laughs> Jared, but, uh, not yeah. today. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's my choice for Alien. Have I got time for the Excellent. thing? Excellent. You have, you got, yeah, yeah, you have, you have. Okay, this is quite hard because I love both these movies and this is more of a, I've tried to go for character actors. So bear with me because I don't know if this will work. So RJ McCready, originally played by Kurt mm-hmm. Russell. I've gone with Leonardo DiCaprio. This is the thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, sorry. I think DiCaprio could pull off the McCready role. I think he's mm-hmm. a beard. bushy beard. Yeah, um, big bushy uh, beard. I think he could do that. He's got that sort of wry smile when he needs to be. He's played alcoholics before. Um, so He's yeah, lived it. Really good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Childs, I think, Idris Elba would be really good. Yeah. He's played by Keith David. Um, Motherfucker Keith David. The guy that looks after the dogs. Um, I think he'd be good as Tom Hardy. Oh, a bit scruffy. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Yeah. I think they should all have beers. They've probably been out in the ice for a long time. Probably can't be asked well, to shave. Yeah. So I think that would work. Yeah, all, all these people have Everyone's beers. Everyone's got a beard now. Even so, the, I was, was going to say, you've only got that kind of exploration mission. You're not taking a razor with you. No. no. Even yeah, the exactly. dogs have got beards. Um, yeah. Dogs are born with beards, mate. <laughs> Palmer. Bigger beards. The stoner. It'd only be one person yeah. for me, and that's Matthew Mahogany. Yeah, definitely. All right. All right, all right, all right. Um, Knowles have gone with Chiwetel Ejiofor. Ejiofor? Yeah, Ejiofor. Yeah, I think yeah, he'd really he's really cool in that. Blair, I went for Brian Cranston. So I've seen a lot of these names that Oodles went for have popped up in my list as well. Because we've got um, taste, mate. That's what we've got. Blair. Copper, I've gone for Stanley Tucci. I think he'd be um, he's pretty good anyway. as uh, the, the uh, what do you call the, the doc that's there. Um, Gary. Um, went for Matt Damon. I think he could pull that off in a more restrained <laughs> role for Matt Damon. They're busy these lot, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. Ben Inns, I went for Christoph Waltz, just to get him in there, because you want get character actors for all these roles. Yeah. Uh, Windows, I went for Cillian Murphy. Yeah. He's got yeah. those gorgeous wise eyes. Um, Norris. Gorgeous. Norris, I went for Brendan Gleeson. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, fuck. That's really good. With the health, uh, the one, the famous head that, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The body. I could see a, a Gleason head running on, <laughs> running under a table. That's so <laughs> cool. I'll keep you up at night. That one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Fuchs, I went with Ben Mendelssohn. Yeah, yeah. I think he could play that sort of nerdy guy. Um, and Norwegian mm. shooter is, of course, Alex Skarsgård because he's got to be in there. <laughs> because be? we want to give him more films. Absolutely. He's back. And know. last but not least, the thing is played by Jared Leto. Yeah, yeah, nailed on, nailed on. So you you're the true one that farm keep, at the end. You're the one that keeps giving him all this work, Biggie. Yeah, he's his agent. Isn't <laughs> but these are the these are the best parts. <laughs> That's what we'll tell him. Speaking. Yeah, he'll be like, "Come on, Jared, you're the main guy. You're the title character, the thing." <laughs> Can we give him the he's role like, of the Invisible Man so he just fucks off? Fuck, yeah. well, like Biggie just did. <laughs> yeah, he's just. He, he, do you know what call. he's done? He's had he's had windows open at the top of his screen. Hasn't he's got he? rid of it, and he's clicked. <laughs> yeah, he's clicked X and shut shut the call it's down. Fine. It's fine because it's the end of his segment. He's probably he launched. He's, he's, he's actually probably launched Netflix as we speak. So I want to move yeah. on. <laughs> I want to move on to Candy. Oh, I want to know what yeah, Biggie just, thinks. Just, 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 yeah, just wait, wait for Biggie to come. Oh, back. you know exactly what he's done. He's had, he's had tabs. Sorry, lads, I've launched. I've, I've launched Netflix. My window may have shut down then. Do you know what I want to hear in that moment? I want to hear you go, "Oh fuck!" On audacity. Oh yeah, because you got your little recording. <laughs> I'll, I'll see what's there. Jared Leto hit the button. Re recast Biggie as someone competent. <laughs> But yes, we will lovingly move on to Candy. What you got for me? I'm doing The Matrix, and I almost didn't do this one because I know we go on about this film all the time, but it is one of my favourites, and people it's know it. It's one of the best films ever made, that's why. And it's one of the best films ever made, the first one. The only one. The so, only one. fuck it, I'm doing The Matrix. Um, the so what I've done is I've kind of recast the film with a set of current actors. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. So for Neo, and bear with me because this does get better. So for Neo, I'm going with... <laughs> Michael B. Jordan. and oh, No, no, I like that. Well, see, I was trying to think of someone that's kind of uh, comparable. Someone who to... looks good in sunglasses. Well, firstly, that, yeah, that was <laughs> one, of the, one of the checks, yeah. So it needs to be sort of comparable to Keanu Reeves. 
obviously Keanu is a long time listener of the show, friend of the show. Oh, yeah, since day and, one. Uh, he's fully aware that we don't think much of his acting skills, although he is a real life <laughs> saint. Um, yes. So we're sort of looking for somebody that is a great action star, but doesn't have so much in the charisma department, maybe. So yeah, I know what you say. I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah, Michael to be Jordan, he's he cool. looks incredible. Cool. He can. Yeah. He's an incredible action star. He can pull off the moves and probably I've has seen him just as Johnny Storm. Yeah, just just enough acting skill to be able to pull off a decent Neo. Um, <laughs> Trinity is going to be Zoe Kravitz. Um, oh. And the, yeah, I meant that. Yeah, so this casting was 100% influenced by her role as Catwoman in the Batman. So <laughs> we know how she looks in a leather one piece. Um, so ugly. Oh, disgusting. It, it must really hinder her, her <laughs> terrible looks. I don't know how she dare get out of the house on the morning. Must be nice, mustn't it? Um, but yeah, she, we know that she's an amazing action star as well. And I think she'd have really good sort of romantic chemistry with Michael B. Jordan or anyone, really. And she could get Lenny to do the soundtrack. Oh, didn't think of that. I want to fly away. Whatever his song. Can you remember that one? <laughs> that would be the Precisely ending scene song. where Neo flies into the mm, camera. That's what I'm thinking. Love it. Going my way. Yep. Yeah, that's that's it. Are you going to go my way? <laughs> so Morpheus, we have Mads Mikkelsen. And i got to be honest, I just wanted to put Mads in. Um, <laughs> I, I'd, already, I'd already decided most of the other characters, but... So I wanted somebody that was kind of calm, wise disposition, but also capable of action sequences. And he, Mads has got, um, he's, he's a trained classic um, dancer. And you can tell in his roles like uh, Doctor Strange and everything mm. that he has got that part of it down. And I think that would make an amazing um, scene where he's teaching Neo the Kung Fu, you know, in the dojo. And he's super stoic, isn't he? Yeah, I think, he'd, I think that would be an incredible scene. I think he would uh, pull that off pretty well. Plus, you do have shares in Mads Mikkelsen. I do, it's true. Um, I don't share him with anyone, by the way. <laughs> uh, Agent Smith, I've got Kate Ooh, Blanchett. This is the big one. Oh, see, I'm into it. Yeah. Big, big I've seen her as, as Hella. That's what I'm saying. So she can do baddie. This actually was my favourite choice of casting. Um, I really wanted to have a female Agent Smith. Um, I've gone on mm. about it before, how rare it is to find a female antagonist that poses a genuine threat and after seeing her in Ragnarok it, it just had yeah. to be so she can she can do the sexy sinister well like uh, Hugo Weaving did and uh, just imagine sexy how bad sinister I, Hugo Weaving Hugo Weaving is sexy sinister don't you tell me otherwise um, mm. the, 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 there's, there's also a slight kind of Mm. Not sex. It's, it, it, it's like a slight camp over the topness to um, yeah. Agent Smith, like yeah. the way Hugo Weaving plays. Yeah, him. it's the so, smell. You, <laughs> yeah, that like that entire sequence. Yeah. So you, you could see Kate Blanchett just really leaning Absolutely. into it, a bit yeah. like she did with Hellas. It's probably the best casting I've seen so far. Or the or the first scene when they're kind of uh, interrogating, and can you imagine her in the suit and the glasses and like a pulled back sort of ponytail and an earpiece? Oh, oh my oh. god. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, so mm. moving on to the Oracle, we've got uh, Angela Bassett as the Oracle. Yes. Um, yep. And that was a bit like Mads. I just really wanted to put her in the film. She sort of, um, she was almost Agent Smith for me, actually. But I think she's kind of got too much of a wise sort of air about her. So having her as the Oracle. She's nicer, isn't she? Yeah. She's, got, she's less resting bitch face and stuff like that. Slightly less resting bitch slightly. face. Slightly. Not, not much less. Yeah. <laughs> so she plays a slightly more commanding Oracle than the original uh, film, yep. I think. Um, in a lot of her roles, she does play someone who's kind of seen everything and is sick of everyone's shit. She's just got that kind of air of, I know everything, but fuck you. 
Um, mm. So she possibly wouldn't be making cookies in her kitchen. Um, what could she be doing? She Pouring shots. Yeah, or maybe Pot she'd noodles. know everything. <laughs> Jaeger bombs. <laughs> maybe she'd know everything because she's like an HMRC officer or something. Actually, oh. no, that's way too scary. <laughs> maybe Inland she'd be, revenue. She'd be making a steak in the kitchen, but you're not allowed oh. to try the sauce because make your own steak. Um, okay. So for Tank... There is no steak knife. There is no steak knife. <laughs> Tank, we've got Carl Urban. And the stipulation on this is I just... So he'd be the comic relief on the film. Um, but I want him to play Tank as Billy Butcher, basically. So same accent, same Naturally. wardrobe, everything. So he's sat, sat behind a computer all grizzled and swearing at everyone. And wearing a trench wearing coat. Wearing a trench Dropping coat. Dropping a C-bomb. I'm a genuine child of Zion, you cunts. And <laughs> <laughs> Oh, or if Trinity said, oh, you know, tank, load in some weapons, he'd be like, right, here comes Des and Troy. Oh, I love it. Uh, <laughs> Mouse, I almost didn't cast because he hasn't got a massive role, but I thought of uh, mm. Timothy Chalamet for him because um, he's got the kind of stature yeah. for it. And we already and he wears the fuck out of a ripped jumper. Yeah. <laughs> and he's, we already know he's a little nerdy boy because he used to have a YouTube channel making Xbox custom controllers. He did, yeah. Um, did he? And then, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I used to paint them and everything. Uh, and Cypher, uh, which is my final one, we've got Samara Weaving, who, um, again, I love female baddies, and I think she can do yeah. sort of unhinged quite well. She has the, the sort of eyes that don't blink, or I think she could pull that off. And also she's Hugo mm. Weaving's niece, and I think that'd be a nice link. Uh, but yeah, the others, Doza, yeah. Switch, and Apoc, they didn't really have a big enough role for me to cast, I don't think. Um, they were just I'm, there for the toys, weren't they? Yeah, and I'm not really doing. I'm not doing the whole trilogy, but I did have a think about who could play the architect as well, and oh. um, I went with Gillian Anderson because. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, because if you that's if you've really seen good. her in Hannibal, she kind of sounds like a computer anyway. Vis a vis sounds a bit like Alexa, really. <laughs> but I, I, who would who would you cast in as the Merovingian though? I'm, this is what I'm curious on because he is my most hated character. Oh God! Even more than the um, Nicholas Cage. The architect. Oh, who's that? Jared Leto. James Corden. Jared Leto. <laughs> Jared Leto, yeah. But In yeah, out of all of them, like, ironically, I think uh, Michael B. Jordan as Neo is my weakest link, but I wanted somebody... I like that. I thought he would just play off nicely with uh, Kravitz, so that's, that's yeah. sort of why I went with him. Yeah. Excellent. Brilliant, brilliant, fantastic. Um, let's move on to Stig. So I am going to recast... The Hall of the Dark Knight trilogy. Ah, big undertaking, this, mate. Big undertaking. And so to start off with, obviously we have Batman Bruce Wayne. He is the main part. This is the guy who has to see us through all three films. Yes. Um, and I went a little bit older than Christian Bale mm. was. So I'm going to cast this with actors now. That's, That's fine. Episode. And so he is a little bit older, but I want someone who's probably mid to late 30s and he's just a bit older than this but I think that he's got the right kind of look and demeanour for Bruce Wayne and Batman I'm going to go with Chris Pine oh okay because I think that Chris Pine as a Bruce Wayne if you see him see him as Kirk he's very confident he's very cocky smiling all the time he can play that but he also has the stature and the build of someone who can fight yeah yeah he does yeah yeah, he'd, he'd, he'd do well as Bruce Wayne. So I can't remember, what was that film he was in with um, with Tom Hardy, the one where they're, they're playing spies trying to get the same woman or something like that? Yeah. Oh, this means um, war. 
he, this means what? Yeah, and he's 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 playing a very um, playboyish style there. So yeah, yeah. leather jacket he's got, he's got on. Yeah. yeah, it's he's he's a bit old. I mean, Christian Bale is so he's forty one. Christian Bale's forty eight now. So obviously he was quite that's fine. Quite young actually when he did that. I thought I generally thought Christian Bale's a bit older. He was older thirty odd, wasn't he? Like early thirties when he yeah. started. So you're not going to yeah, do so the Bynes- impression then, Oodles? No, 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 <laughs> no, no. <laughs> No, I'm not. Now, this one, I hope you can see this with me. And just let's kind of, let's look past. In an ideal world, this man isn't ill and hasn't just retired from acting. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Jim Jim Gordon's going to be Bruce Willis. Because I think when Bruce Willis can put, actually is given a script and a role where he wants to focus and wants to actually put his time and effort into it, he could be really good. So I've gone with a bit of an older Jim. Bit more grizzled. I can see that. Yeah. Heart, like, thinking think like Hartigan when he's Bruce Willis. Yeah, uh, just like yeah, oh, concentrating. Hartigan in in Sin City where he's like <laughs> yeah, like that, yeah, yeah, like that. But where's uh, the fuck out of a trench coat? Yeah. See, I was see the thing is, I originally was going to cast this as <clears throat> people around the same time. And so that. Bruce Willis kind of popped. No, but that's why Bruce Willis popped up. Then I thought, oh, he's just come off Sin City, and it's about the that right time. Been perfect. It'd be yeah. perfect. But then, like most of my other casting that came to me, was like, "Oh, no, these are actors from around now." So, mm-hmm. but I like really like the idea of putting Bruce Willis in there as Jim Gordon. Yeah, I do. I like that. Just a mustache. bit mustache. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Rachel Dawes uh, is going to be played by Elizabeth Olsen mm. because yeah, she's, yeah, she's she can do that. no wrong. Yeah, because I think that the character of Rachel is very kind of she gets in your face and confident of herself, isn't she? And assured and. She's much better than uh, what's her face, Maggie Gyllenhaal and Katie Holmes. Katie Holmes, Maggie Gyllenhaal was really good. Katie Holmes, not so much. But I think Lizzie yeah. Olsen uh, would be really, really good in that role. Yeah, yeah that's good. bang on. Sca- Scarecrow. So Scarecrow. Mm-hmm. Keep in mind across all three films. Yeah, yeah. Killian yeah. Murphy originally. Yeah. So he's going to be replaced by Jake Gyllenhaal. So Jake, Into it. Just Jake Gyllenhaal can play crazy. And slightly really unnerving yeah. and um and comedic, you know, the stupid kind of role way that they went with Scarecrow throughout. And I know that he, he kind of pops up a little bit in the other two films. He's not really a major <laughs> yeah. part. Of I them. do like him in Dark Knight Rises as the judge. Yeah. <laughs> he just yeah. gets more and more dishevelled cool. as they go, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, re- I really think, yeah, that Jake Gyllenhaal could pull that off across all three films. Now, Razar Ghoul, the fake Razar Ghoul. Mm. Who was yeah. originally played by Ken Watanabe? Yep. He is going to be played by Tony Leung. Yep. Yep. Martial artist, ex- like amazing Asian cinema legend. Yep. And I think that just to pull off some really cool fight scenes. Yep. And he has Wayne, a presence anyway as an yeah. actor. Yeah, exactly. So I think that he would be perfect for that uh, to replace uh, Ken in that part. Yeah. And Ducard, who is the real Razagul. Real <laughs> this has clearly come because of Moon Knight, but it's going to be Ethan Hawke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You see it wor- the- it'll work. It'll you work. see him in Moon Knight and you're like, yeah, that would really work. In, That's in Razagul. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would really, Who's really the name? work. I missed the name. Who was it? Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke. Uh, Have you seen him lately, mate? He has grown into himself. He's brilliant. Yeah. Like, he I would, want to see he him just- Um Horror movie that's coming up. Just watch Moon Knight, mate. It's on yeah. now. <laughs> Lucius Fox, as played by Morgan Freeman, is now Jamie Fox. Mm. Bang on, bang yeah. on. Yeah, so a bit younger, 
bit of a younger Lucius. Yeah, a younger bit sassy. Yeah. Yep. But he, he knows how to wear glasses as well. Yeah. <laughs> We've seen him. <laughs> and my Alfred, because I think this is a, an odd one. No, my Alfred is going to be played by Rafe Fiennes. God, nailed it. So I think he's mm-hmm. the right age now. He's late 50s. Um, yeah. Him kind of, you know, being the mentor to Chris Pine, there is an eight, 17, yeah. 18 year gap between them. Yeah. You could you could even put a little bit of makeup on Riff to make him look <clears throat> a little bit older than he is. Grey his hair a bit. But as someone who can has a presence of a, a mentor and a kind of older person, he does seem to act a bit older in Bond, doesn't he, than he actually is? I mean, yeah. he's always acted you know older I mean? than I th- he is. I was surprised. I yeah. generally thought he was about 10 years older than he is. A look at look at him as Voldemort. He looks 400 years old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, Alfred is going to be played by Ray Fiennes as Voldemort. As Voldemort. <laughs> I can touch you. <laughs> Adds an extra 10 million to the budget for me. Like, a nose yeah. removal. Mr. Wayne, the boy who lived in Come the alley. to die. Come to die. <laughs> right. On to the hardest choice for me, the Joker. I obviously have to replace Heath Ledger here. Yeah. Ledger. So I've gone with someone who I think can play, can really play unhinged, has played these roles before, uh, has played just people out the head, unhinged and crazy. And I'm going to go with Ben Foster. That's oh yeah, that's I can good. see it. That's good. That's good. I don't think Ben Foster gets enough praise for how good he actually is, but I think if you uh, put him in a role like He's that, yeah, he would absolutely nail it. He always he scares me a little bit. Exactly. He rolls. He's very I, like, scary. I don't trust him. I don't trust him. Thirty Days of Night. He is absolutely yeah. like mm. just. He's got the minging teeth and that long hair off his head in that film. Yeah, like a meth head. Yeah. Oh, it's awful. I just think I was. It was a choice between him and um, I forgot his Will Poulter. Oh um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I just yeah. thought that Ben just had a much bigger screen presence. So terrifying as an actor. Yeah, I just think that he'd be able to pull off that so much better. Harvey Dent. Now I have gone with an older Harvey Dent here. Yep. So not someone who's around the same age as Batman yeah, as yeah, Bruce. Yeah. And I've gone with Tim Robbins. That's good. Because I see Tim Robbins as being a kind of... The, he has a face and a look about No, he's a mountain of a man, doesn't he? As someone, yeah, who, if he was a politician, he looks trustworthy. He looks like the kind yeah. of guy that you could get behind. like the kind of a, six foot five. Yeah, but <laughs> turn him into a psycho killer at the end. Yeah. And, yeah, I think he could absolutely nail that as well. So um, I just think that... As the Harvey Dent's character, particularly more than Two Face, he'd be really, yeah. really good as Harvey Dent. I do, mate. I like that. Uh, and then finally, on to the Dark Knight. Right, so I've left a lot of like smaller parts out here. I couldn't be bothered with all of them. Yeah. I've gone with the major ones. So finally, uh, Dark Knight Rises, Bane, and this is purely because of the new Halo TV series. But I'm going with Pablo Schreiber. He's big in it because he's a big fucker. He's, <laughs> he's ripped a big to shit. Who could beat the crap out of Chris Pine's Batman? <laughs> yeah, and you would believe it. <laughs> you merely adopted the darkness. Perspective. Yeah, you, like you could, you could generally him. believe that that man could pick up Chris Pine and break him over his knee <laughs> and give him a little spanking. <laughs> Combo breaker. Yeah, would you still I have him he... as uh, unintelligible in the movie? Yes, you can't change that. Yeah, well, I could, maybe you can change from about the performance, maybe. 
Uh, I never had a problem with Bane's voice. I never. I didn't I even never, make. I never ever did. I, I always heard what he said. I could understand what he said and know what like what uh, Hardy was going for. But yeah, I just wanted a really kind of young, big bastard to play Bane. Yeah. Uh, and I know Tom Hardy can bulk himself up and look imposing, but I just want yeah. Bane to me is just head and shoulders above Batman, so it needs to be someone has to taller. Be, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Miranda slash Talia Al Ghul. I'm gonna go with Alicia Vikander. Yeah, mm. oh, yeah, just anyway. Yeah, <laughs> just, just because <laughs> screen presence. She looks fantastic. I think she can. Yeah, she does play that role very similar and like. And just nail it to be honest. And age wise, she is about just under twenty years younger than Ethan Hawke. So as he's yeah. as a daughter to him, it works. It works. Yeah. Selena Kyle, Anna de Armas. So if you've seen <sighs> yeah. Anna de Armas in yeah. the new, latest James Bond film, she is fucking yeah. incredible. She's not in it enough, but she's proper she's in it for kick, five minutes. Kick ass. <laughs> and she's just. A, awesome screen presence and she can do physical uh, action and I just think her in a cat suit she'll be bending over that <laughs> <laughs> yeah she, she, she's also she's also very good at the, um, acting charming mm. like she's yes. the, the screen presence that she brings mm. she can she can charm the pants off any lead actor yes yeah yeah, yeah 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 and- which is I think what works so well with her in Bond and work, and when um, what was it Blade Runner yeah when she's playing Joy in Ooh, Blade Runner her and Chris Pine are meant to most beautiful babies you've ever seen. Yeah. They'd be so beautiful they'd be illegal. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Imagine them. Have to have a law so oh. This child cannot sat at that table <laughs> at the end. Oof. Yeah, exactly. Be a, be a positive glow coming off them. There would be. And I did cast Blake, even though I think the part is a non-part really in Batman. I like it when he uses his real name, Robin. Robin. So I've gone with um, Justice Justice Smith for this part. Um, yeah, I like it because. <clears throat> Two reasons. I think he's really charismatic. And if you've seen uh, Detective Pikachu, he's really good in that. Uh, and these yeah, films kind of do need a bit more uh, people of colour representation in them. So yeah. um, I think as a young actor, as someone who could carry the mantle on as a Robin, like he has like the look and the uh, charisma to do that. I think you nailed it, mate. I think you've put some good effort into that. I think it's a really good cast, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I'd watch the shit yeah, out of that them. trilogy. I can't yeah. watch the original trilogy now. You've ruined it. <laughs> Batman was yeah, brilliant. tough one. I did look at it and think maybe Henry Cavill. That's quite kind of easy, isn't it? Yeah, like, he's busy on Avengers now. He's a Marvel guy. Yeah, so <laughs> I took Chris Pine instead because he's not doing any uh, Star Trek. Yeah, and, he, and he's got DC uh, blood in him, hasn't he? Yeah. So, yeah, that works. Excellent. Gadget. Well, for mine, I decided to make life incredibly, incredibly hard on myself and do um, Pulp Fiction. Oh. There's so many main characters in Pulp Fiction. Uh, 15, I think. You idiot. Well, 14 or 15 that I've had to do. And, and bear in mind, there is actually about 40 people on the cast list in it. Like, oh, I know. Incidental parts with dialogue, though. Yeah. Like, just people who walk on and walk off. So I haven't done those. No, no. Like, Don't blame you. We'll say Buddy Holly is still Steve Buscemi, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, I've done this in kind of the order they appear in the film. Yeah. So start, starting off with uh, Pumpkin, who was originally played by Tim Roth. Yeah. Now, naturally, part of the charm of Pumpkin is he's British. Yeah. So we're keeping a British actor in here. Um, and uh, I went for Thomas Felton. Oh, yeah. Who's he? Draco, Draco Malfoy. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, yeah. Mm. Okay, because he's, he's off me, you damn when, dirty ape. 
that guy. When you when you when you see him these days, he's he's kind of does have that kind of Tim Roth slightly dishevelled mm. look that he has at the beginning of that film. Mm. Um, plus, he's very he's very good at that 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 quick, intense uh, whisper speak that you know when yeah. the, when him and um, Honey Bunny are plotting at the beginning of the film. Mm. Uh, for Honey Bunny, just because I want to see her in all the films ever, um, Jodie Comer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, she's great. From uh, Killing Eve, from Killing Eve, and from um, that uh, Free Guy. She yeah. nearly made my uh, Ripley actually. She would be a very. She'd good actually Ripley. be a really good part for the Uma Thurman's character as well. She would. Yeah, she would be. But I went in a different direction with Uma Thurman's character. But we'll get there as as we as we go down. Um, but yeah, I, I just like the idea of those two together. Uh, I think they would battle, battle off each other. And having Jodie Comer stand up, uh, jump up on the table, and start screaming, "If you're any motherfuckers, yeah, totally worth yeah, 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 yeah." Uh, then moving on to uh, Vincent Vega. Here we go. I struggled with this one for a little while, and I kind of had to think of, like the qualities that John Travolta brought for it, and kind of also the kind of the physicality of him as well. Because mm-hmm. I'm based. This is the. I should have said this is kind of as if I were casting it. Today, yeah. current actors, that kind of thing. Uh, but I got it into my head and I couldn't get it out of it, so I went for Sebastian Stan. Yeah, yeah, I, I kind of yeah. know where you're going. For, yeah. I, yeah, I can. Yeah, I can he, see where you're going he's, with that. He, he can, if you let him, let his hair grow out a bit. He can do the greasy mm. thing. I didn't know kind of that the, in that that was Travolta's hair. That was Travolta's That's hair. That's mad, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> we hadn't been working for five years. Yeah, up to that's that. true. Yeah. <laughs> Just give him a shave before he went on. Just yeah. left the hair as it was, and washed. Um, now, how do you recast Samuel L. Jackson? Though? Jackson L. Samuel. There you go. <laughs> and, uh, I didn't want to. I didn't want to do that joke. Uh, so for Jules, I thought, um, okay, who is a, a very charming, very sweary actor of an appropriate age oh, mm-hmm. for that role? Uh, I went Donald Glover. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Is Gambino. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, looks he looks good with the fro. Yeah. He looks good looks anyway. Good with facial hair. Yeah, I thought Jordan angry. Peele very good with dialogue. Very charming. Can be very angry. Yeah, Jordan Peele would pull that. I like um, it. Oh, I, d- I didn't cast everybody. In, I didn't recast everybody in. Mm. I didn't ca- recast everybody who was in the apartment where they have the uh, burger speech. Mm. The main guy. Just well, there's 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 uh, there's two two of them that are involved that have any kind of level of dialogue in there. Yeah. One of them, Marvin. Marvin. Can't believe he shot Marvin. Uh, and, <laughs> yeah, can't believe he shot him. <laughs> I went for, and th- this one's a little bit off the wall, but uh, Tyler James Williams. Refresh who my memory. Played, who played Chris in Everybody Hates Chris. Never seen it. Never seen it. Um, he's 29 years old. Um, yeah. A uh, young black actor. Because yeah, Marvin's young you know, he's anyway, age, He's age appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and... I just I liked him as an actor. He's a very good child actor, and I've seen a few things with him in over the years, and he's okay. very good. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I know who you mean. Yep. Uh, for Brett, who is the uh, say what again, motherfucker? <laughs> yeah, that one. <laughs> I went for, um, and th- this was difficult because I basically had to had to start looking for like actors who were in their like twenties, and unfortunately, I'm not that current, so I had to Google it and find actors in their twenties. <laughs> yeah, <20s>. I did that. <laughs> Just a check. Every time on Google, actors who are in their twenties. Yeah, just a, just, a, yeah. just a double check on ages, and it was right for the part. That I love was it. I love it. Yeah. So this one, uh, so for Brett, the big brain on Brett, uh, Cole Sprouse. Um, the most kind of the biggest thing he's done. He's more of a TV actor. Hmm. Uh, he was um, 
Cody and the Sweet Life of Zack and Cody on Disney. Don't know what that is. Um, it was a a Disney show. Oh. Uh, he's been like ABC series like Grace Under Fire. Um, uh, he actually he is the little kid in uh, the Adam Sandler film Big Daddy. Oh, okay. <laughs> so that's that's uh, and he also played uh, uh, Ross's son in Friends for a couple of seasons. Is that him? Oh yeah. That's no him. fucking way. He's yeah, now no. forty five years old. <laughs> no way. <laughs> Yeah, he was born. He's uh, well. He's actually thirty now. He was born in nineteen ninety two. Oh, to be young. Oh wow. <laughs> but yeah, so I've so I've cast him as Brett, who says what repeatedly. What ain't no goddamn country I ever heard of. <laughs> <laughs> so moving on to actors that you've probably heard of at this point. Um. So Butch Coolidge, Bruce Willis's character, yeah, the boxer. Again, this was one just got the visage of him in, in my head and couldn't couldn't get it out there. Uh, John Bernthal. Yes. Ooh, yes, yeah, yes. He yeah, looks yeah, like a boxer. Yes. He looks good with bruises as well. Yeah. yeah. But he, he he looks like a boxer who's been through the ring a Broken few times. Broken nose. Broken nose. Kind of tattered oh, I really ear. can yes. see that. I can really see Play, that. So plays an idiot very well. He yeah. does. He um, does. I've seen Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> yeah. Now, Marcellus Wallace was a problem. That's a difficult one. Because there are certain qualities to Marcellus Wallace. Back of his head. He's got to be black. Yep. <laughs> He's got to be bald. Yep. Yeah. And he ain't got to be a bitch. Yep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I tried. To, I tried to think of um, of a black actor who uh, I think can play that kind of cool, calm, collected menace that Ving Rhames managed to do. Yes, but it's very hard to replace Ving Rhames because he's excellent yeah. as Marcellus so Wallace. Good. So I went for um, James Corden, a man of <laughs> a man of not the same physical stature, but uh, um, a man with the same emotional stature and the ability. Okay. Mahershala Ali. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Ooh, yeah. Have you seen him as Coppermouth? Yes. Yes. That's what I was thinking of. Yes. <laughs> I think he might oh, be playing so um, Wallace like a bit like, more menacing as well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah whereas whereas like, Kevin Rames played him very cool, calm and collected, but mm. like the don't fuck with this kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah. Ali is fucking, he is so good. Oh, love it. Uh, for... Lance, who is um, Vincent's dealer. Yep. Uh, Stoltz, I went for Blake. It? Uh, it was Eric. St- Eric Stoltz. Yeah, I went for Blake Anderson. Yeah. Um, if you've ever seen Workaholics, the dude with the massive hair. I know who he is. Yeah. No, I yeah, he's know. good. Fuck, was the dealer yeah. Eric Stoltz? I completely forgot about that. Yeah, yeah it was. Yeah, Ginger Jesus. Yep. But um, yeah, Blake Anderson were playing well. He's he's got a history of playing stoners and yeah. dealers yeah. and <laughs> drugged up people. You look at him, you think, yeah, he sells drugs. Yeah. Just looking uh, up now. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> now, Mia Wallace. Again, very difficult it? one to recast because I don't like to make things easy for myself. <laughs> yeah. But um, I went for, uh, mostly because she was, she was age, age appropriate for the character um, and she, she can, you know, she's had a history of kind of playing Slightly off offbeat characters, but also kind of she can do drama and she can do kind of intensity well. Yep. I went for Evan Rachel Wood. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, she's good. And she was good in um um True Blood. Yeah. But in that as that kind of character as well. Yeah, yeah. I like that. So that's kind of the primary cast done, and the the, the rest of them are the kind of the weird side cast that you get into it. Um so we go for the weirdest one first, of course, Captain Coons, which was uh, Christopher Walken's character. Yeah. <laughs> this watch up his ass. Watch. This, this is his ass. ass. This watch <laughs> yeah. up his ass. 
I mean, you, you can only recast crazy with crazy, so it had to be Willem Dafoe. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 Nailed it. That works. <laughs> well, probably be a slightly scarier scene for the I child think, that I was just involved say, in that yeah. scene. Shut but... my ass. <laughs> But Willem Dafoe would just do it right. <laughs> uh, for Fabienne, who is a butcher's go- a French girlfriend, yep. uh, I went for, and I, this one was really difficult to get someone who was like, because Fabienne's quite young compared to her, her butch. Ooh, She's yeah. like in her early 20s. Yeah. Uh, so I had, to, I, had to, I had to look deep, and um, I, I happened upon Johnny Depp's uh, daughter, Lily Rose Depp. Okay. Yeah, yeah she's been, she's she's been doing French, some acting, American. Actually. Yeah, she's an actress and model. Yeah. Um, but she's got that kind of pixie-ish look, the, yeah. the, the original actress, which was uh, Maria de Mi- Medeiros. Yeah. Medeiros. Does she like blueberry pie uh, as well? She... Probably. I have no idea. Who doesn't? But <laughs> Yeah, she yeah she, she has that kind of pixie-ish look that Fabienne had, and um, she's about the right age. Yep. So, yeah, she kind of worked out for it. Um, Zed, mm-hmm. who was played by Peter Green. Zed's dead. Zed's dead, baby. <laughs> I haven't done. I haven't done the guy who was with the uh, the guy who was in the shop before Zed turns up because he he had like two lines and I was playing the I game. Just think, I'll just get one, get, get, get one of the guys. Yeah, get one of the guys from Sons of Anarchy to play him. <laughs> yeah, I just need a big guy the, with a beard. Exactly. <laughs> All of the guys from Sons of Anarchy. <laughs> just in, in, interchangeably. Yeah. Um, but for, for, Zed, for Zed, who has dialogue and needs to be a little bit sinister and a bit yeah. a bit crazy. Um, now, first, I, I had two ideas for this one. The first idea, which I rejected, I was going to suggest Matthew McConaughey, just mostly because of how Zed looks. Yep. Yeah. Like because he's got like bl- long blonde hair. He's got to look, but it, Matthew McConaughey would have been too old for it. Yeah. So I thought, okay, well, we got to do sinister. We got to do weird. We got to do Paul Dano. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get him in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that it all that. Yeah. Into it. But you, you, and then you know you, you'd get you'd get that that classic visual of. Paul Dano thrusting behind Herschel yep. Alley, and then oh, yep. that makes his career. Although, <laughs> Paul Dano probably. He'd be a good gimp. <laughs> he could, he could do the gimp. Just making the noises. I mean, with modern editing technology, he could do both at once. <laughs> no, the, the, gimp, the gimp can be Channing Tatum. He's already been a gimp in a film before. True. <laughs> so we're getting to the sharp end of it here. So we have the. The most problematic character in the film, which is Jimmy, which was Quentin Tarantino's character. Oh, so bad, isn't it? <laughs> so bad. He's, he's always the worst in his own films. Oh, it's just yeah. an excuse for him to say words that he shouldn't say. Say the N word, yeah. 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 But for the. So, the, 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 taking away the abject racism of what the character says and yeah. the horrendous dialogue. I'll allow you to change the script on that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'd have to change the script on that one. So, so the, way, the way Quentin Tarantino plays Jimmy is. That he starts off kind of entirely reasonable and Someone starts getting coke. gradually more and more annoyed and like unhinged yeah. as he goes on, really, doesn't he? He starts kind of shouting and screaming. Yeah. Um, and there's only one actor that I know that can do that as well mm-hmm. as anybody because he's done 15 seasons of TV doing it. It's got to be Glenn Howerton from It's Always Something <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah. Nailed it. <laughs> Nailed it! Nailed it! You, you, you could you could see him talking quite quite happily and quite annoyed about you know, the quality gown. of the coffee that he buys yeah. in a yeah. dressing gown. Yeah. 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 yeah, 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 yeah. I think if you if you think to the if you see the the always sunny episode of where, where Dennis and Mac move to the suburbs, yeah. it's that kind of escalation of insanity. Yeah, that's brilliant. It's really good. And the last one, which also caused me a lot of bother, which is of course Winston Wolf. Yeah. Played by Harvey Keitel, the fixer. He's still playing Winston Wolf on adverts now. He is. Yeah, that's <laughs> kind of sad, really, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, but, you know, the main qualities of Winston Wolf, 
cool. He's calm. He's collected. Yeah. He's a badass motherfucker. He is, despite what um what Jules's wallet says. Yeah, yeah. Um, I could I could only pick Josh Brolin. Do you know what? <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm giving you that. I'm letting you, I'm letting you have that because he can. Yeah, just yeah. Cool. He's, he's he's made a career of playing characters like that. Yeah, and get, Josh Brolin is usually the coolest character in a room. And whenever if you're he's a fixer, in, you need to be big enough to pick up bodies. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and Brolin's a beast. But it's, but it's also like it's the it's the way Harvey Keitel delivers his dialogue. It's that yes. it's that kind of that low low kind of very rapid response. And Josh Brolin, you can just he, you can hear his voice doing that. Yeah, mm. a bit deeper, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I so like yeah, that. that's uh, uh, that is my cast for Pulp Fiction, and that was really fucking difficult. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's Ooh, the trouble with these like when, full... when, the, when they're your favourite films or when they're really good films. They're normally a really good films because of the cast. Because of that, yeah, that's why I wanted to add, add that extra bit of challenge to this. Yeah, like like with I mean with that lot, there was like two or three of them that did that like jumped out to me like immediately as soon as I thought of them like Glenn Howard and Josh Brolin, yeah. Willem Dafoe and. Um, John Bernthal, they all jumped straight out yeah, at me. I just couldn't get them out of my head. Mm. But then it's like, you know, how do you recast Samuel L. Jackson? How do you recast... <laughs> yeah. Next week, we'll uh, be recasting Django Unchained. <laughs> <laughs> there is literally like 50 characters in there. Yeah. All in, all in oh, space oh, of like 10 minutes. <laughs> I was going to try and fit in Robocop. All, all, all the Hateful Eight. How, 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 how could you recast the Hateful Eight? I don't think you, you could. Got eight top tier actors. Oh wow! Imagine. Doing three hours of dialogue. So yeah, uh, Pulp Fiction. Yeah, go see my version of Pulp Fiction. Brilliant. Thank you very much. I want to know. Keep talking, gadgets. I want to know what some of our listeners want to recast. Keep talking, gadget. Keep talking, gadget. Keep talking. He says, "Perfect monkey." Uh, okay, so we. we... <laughs> How does he know that we call him that? <laughs> Who told him? <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, Super Natty Cat sent her usual series of, of Twitter bile towards us, um, and she pointed out um, Adam Sandler in everything. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nah, just kidding, Oodles. Pipe down. Get out. Uh, she suggested Chris Pratt as Indiana Jones. I think he's cheeky enough, charismatic and fun. Yeah, and good at an Italian too. accent. <laughs> it's me, Indiana Jones. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a racist. I like your Bradley Cooper uh, uh, Indiana Jones actually. Yeah, Bradley Cooper would work. Yeah, I, I thought so. Maybe as a bit well, older. Thank you. Although to be fair, Indiana Jones is older anyway. So he was again um, younger than you think in Indiana Jones, the first one, but not as young as he probably should have been. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she she goes on to say, "What about uh, Dwayne Johnson and Kevin Hart in Twins instead of Arnie and Danny DeVito?" Yeah, that That's fucking good. Mm. That's really that good. Be, I mean, if you've seen Central Intelligence, yeah. you know that would be really fucking. Funny. I like that film a lot. Oh, that's so good! I, I, I love their friendship. Mm. Like the, they play off the fact that they hate each other. It's so funny. I liked when when Dwayne Johnson said that like, Kevin Hart's like imagine Dwayne Johnson as a turtle. Kevin Hart's the shell on his back. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love it. Yeah, there's so many TikToks and Instagram reels of the two of them just ripping the piss the rock out of and each the other. Pebble. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, she goes on further to say one of my all-time faves growing up was The Mask of Zorro. Yeah, good film. So I would have Pedro Pascal as Zorro instead of Antonio Banderas. Gal Gadot instead of the beautiful Welsh woman Catherine Zeta-Jones. Mm, the beautiful Welsh-Spanish woman Catherine Zeta-Jones. Yes. And uh, hold on to your, your britches, Candy. Mads Mikkelsen as the nasty yeah. bad man. 
Yeah, she is going to be there, isn't he, in the next Wasn't that Anthony Hopkins? Was it? I can't remember. It's been a long time since I've seen The Mask of Zorro. No, Anthony Hopkins plays like the older Zorro. Yeah, the original Zorro, that's it, yeah. She has finished off with saying, can't think who to replace Anthony Hopkins, though. Any suggestions? Yeah. Um... Um, probably. Oh, Jesus. give me a second then. Um, uh, probably. Who could beat Sir Anthony Hopkins at his own game? That's very difficult. Patrick Stewart. <sighs> no. No, because he'd be too old mm. now. Ian McKellen. Too old. <laughs> I can't Anthony think. Hopkins wasn't that old when he did. I genuinely can't think because he was really good. Uh, Michael Douglas. No, he's too old. Mm. <laughs> he's too old. Stop thinking of old people. Think I of can't. less old people. I can't. Cause... <laughs> I think Anthony Hopkins has always looked old, even when he wasn't old. George Clooney. Yeah. Done. Done it. You've done yeah, it. Yeah, there we go. Nailed it. Fuck. That's um, difficult. That. <laughs> I know. Right, well, you can settle down, noodles. You can just rest your brain for a second. I can. I can smell the wood burning from here. Fucking hell! We're on fire. Um, uh, our our lovely Discord people went on a, on a run of recasting Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Your favorite film. <sighs> so we had it started off with uh, that bloody Yank himself, Sergeant Story. Mm-hmm. So he suggested uh, Idris Elba as Azim and Chris Hemsworth as Robin Hood. Yeah, but he wasn't sure who to get the sh- to play the sheriff in Nottingham or Maid Marion. Oh. So Zenos he came in with Sheriff of Nottingham, played by Keith Allen. <laughs> it would work though from Vindaloo yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he has been an actor before it does work yeah I know but well yeah but do you want a Cockney Sheriff of Nottingham <laughs> <laughs> well, could it be any worse than what we've had before I don't know, I don't know. Sheriff I mean, of Nottingham's brilliant it was I it was the best thing in that incredible. film incredible <laughs> <laughs> Mr Hood <laughs> and then Tig, Tig finished us all off with as Maid Marion uh, Emma Appleton yeah, yeah, that's that's a good one. That's a really good one. Hmm. Uh, then next up, known food and film pervert Nimrod Hicks came up with <laughs> Blues Brothers, but with James Belushi rather than John. Why is he doing this? <laughs> I, th- I think he hates Joy. <laughs> Why is he doing this? Ah! He just wants to watch the world burn, doesn't he? <laughs> he does. Debbie Punk in response to that. Clearly not happy. He says, "A really ship blues brothers with John Goodman and Joe Morton." <laughs> yeah. And then, and then Tig deciding to throw petrol on a fire came in with a blues brothers remake with James Corden and Lee Malik. Oh, you imagine? Oh my yeah. days! Oh my days! Wow! Yeah, that's an instant Everybody never gonna watch. Did it need so <sighs> and James Corden obviously dressed as a cat <laughs> or a mouse. Or some kind of animal. Oh, big. Uh, David Cheeseman has said, I'm still disappointed that Will Poulter couldn't continue with It after he was originally cast. Bill was pretty great, but Will is one of the best actors working right now and he would have done amazingly well. Will yeah. Poulter, that name rings uh, Yeah, he's been in loads of stuff. He was, um, he was in that, um, that, that Jason Sudeikis film. Oh, oh shit. Him the Millers. Is, um... the Millers, yeah. He was going to be Pennywise, yeah. Oh wow, yeah, that yeah. would have worked for a long time, weren't it? Yeah, but then yeah, he had to pull out because because I think because the thing the, didn't the production get delayed several times pulled over? out because there's so many scars guards and they all need jobs. <laughs> <That's why. laughs> yeah, but Pennywise in oh, that it's, movie it's, it's, it's like, it's like the Arquettes all over again, isn't it? Yeah, but they're all good looking. 
I mean, I mean Bill Skarsgård looks dead all the time anyway. Great looking. Good looking, but he, he's a great looking corpse. Yeah, yeah exactly. My kind of guy. No, no, never, never has there been a paler man. <laughs> Uh, and last up, uh, Jamie has said, uh, I'd like to hear Gary Oldman's version of General Grievous in Revenge of the Sith, since he had to pull out due to be it, it being a non-SAG film. No way! The actor who voiced him f- uh, for the finished film did a fine job, but definitely curious what Oldman's version would have sounded like. Yeah, there's Kenobi. a... <laughs> yeah, I, w- I, w- I didn't even realise Gary Oldman would have been no, up for that. Didn't. That would have been incredible. It, it was the like, weird like German accent that he had. Or the spitting one from Friends. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means. Pronunciate you spit. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I, I, I had no idea that, that he was up for that. That would have been great. But yeah, I think George Lucas had fucked around with the union stuff, hadn't he? So like, they wow. couldn't get any SAG after. And I know, I know, I know. Actors. A lot of them didn't like George Lucas in general, anyway. Because <laughs> no, well, apparently he's not a he's not a good person to work for. Yeah, Gary Oldman would have made a good R two D two. Yeah, really good at bloops and blip, bleeps and bloops. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Fantastic waste uh, of talent there. <laughs> tiptoes, you know, small. Yeah, a roll of a lifetime, that, though. Can't refuse tiptoes, can you? Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that's, that's all, the, all the mailbag we've got. Excellent, excellent. Well, we're nearly done, but I've got to let you know what we're going to be doing next week because I'm doing it now. So next week, we will be talking about our favourite spoofs and candies at the helm on this one. And we're looking forward to spoofs because we are like a spoof because we are a spoof of ourselves. And as stated at the beginning of the show, go to our website, modernescapism.co.uk, and please subscribe to our patron and also give us a five-star review on all the podcast services you can muster or find. But from us, this has been an episode. We will see the patrons in the green room very soon. Uh, Good night. Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.